Welcome. You're listening to Conversations, a Park Church podcast, and the production of Park First Congregational United Church of Christ in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Park Church is a community where everyone is welcome, where the diversity of God's creation is celebrated. Join us each week in conversation as we grow closer to God, to each other, and to our Christian faith. Let's talk bodies. Some of us grow up feeling that our bodies are bad somehow, maybe dirty or awkward, even sinful, or maybe just unappealing. Looking at our naked bodies in the mirror can be emotionally painful. We often don't like what we see. Fact. There's a serious breakdown between how we experience our bodies and how we experience our faith. That tension between the physical and the spiritual, which often manifests itself in the form of guilt, is the reason some people bow out of religion altogether. When unfairly forced to choose between body or soul, we may choose our souls over our bodies in the form of repression or shame, or we may choose our bodies over our souls in the form of unbridled hedonism. Now there's got to be another way, a balanced way, one that recognizes that our bodies are magnificently designed to function just the way they do. A way with responsibilities, sure, but joyous ones. A way without physical shame. For me, the answer begins, at least, with the third gospel. In the gospel according to St. Luke, chapter 2, verse 21, the author describes an infant Jesus being circumcised according to the Jewish custom. The story is short. In fact, it's just one sentence. In the story, we learn that Jesus' parents formally name him Jesus at the end of the ceremony. And that's all. That's it. The gospel, according to St. Luke, then skips ahead a few years to describe the further adventures of a young Jesus Christ. So, blink and you might miss it. But the ancient church was actually fascinated by this little bit. Rightfully so, it was the first Bible verse which said what probably goes without saying for many of us today, that Jesus, in order to be circumcised, must have had, well, physical parts. Some in the church were uncomfortable with Jesus having ordinary biological functions. Passages like the one in St. Luke's Gospel presented a particular challenge for them. As a result, they went head-to-head drafting competing theories as to just how Christ had a physical body, minus all that, you know, physical stuff. But let's go back to the verse in question. By mentioning the unmentionable, by suggesting Jesus had a full human body, the Bible places Christ firmly in the physical world with all the ordinary demands of human bodies. Those who might want to make life and by extension Christianity, all G-rated and squeaky clean, risk denying a basic tenet of the Christian tradition, that our scriptures tell us the Son of God, the Word of Life, the Alpha and the Omega, was as fully human as he was fully God. Let's pause for a moment. Mentioning Christ's gender is not an attempt to conflate gender and biology. As folks like biologists or psychologists, and many others in fact, could probably explain more eloquently than I could, gender and biology are increasingly understood to be vastly different categories. And what's more, Bible readers should note that God is described in all sorts of multi- and transgendered language 
throughout the scriptures, whatever Christ's particular gender might have been. So the point then isn't to make God male to the exclusion of all else, but to acknowledge simply what the Bible acknowledges in passages like this one, that God, when he came as a human in the form of Jesus Christ, had a human body. And that rather than the human body being shameful, it was good enough for God to walk around in, to live for decades in, experience joys, pains, friendships, and rivalries in. Our bodies have often become conditioned to feel self-directed shame, a shame that is sometimes encouraged by our religious institutions. The notion that anyone, let alone God, might feel differently about our bodies might actually believe that our bodies are fearful and wonderful things of complexity and worth, places even God might inhabit. Well, it's impossible for some folks to accept, but we should try. Fact, it's terribly important for us not to hate our own bodies. Fact, bad interpretations of religion often make us or encourage us to hate our own bodies, or at least the ways we use them. The thing is, it is significant, even life-changing, to understand and to believe that Christ took on a human body. Even for those who aren't Christians, imagining a world in which God kisses and blesses the physical by experiencing it firsthand, that's big. And all those other verses, the ones when Christ champions the poor, the weak, and the oppressed, all of those verses matter too because they're all connected. So we have to find that ever-elusive balance. We have to love the body, even our own bodies with whatever flaws we imagine we have. We have to learn to take care of our bodies. And we have to celebrate that as humans, there's nothing shameful or embarrassing or sinful about our humanity. With that in mind, our prayer for you this week at Park is that you see the fingerprint of God in the creation and the sustaining of your body. That you can look at yourself with wonder and joy and gratitude, whoever you are. We pray that each of us learns to better love ourselves and to love our neighbors as ourselves. With love, joy, and compassion. Amen. This has been Conversations, a Park Church podcast. Tune in each week for brief, meaningful study that brings us closer to God, to each other, and to our Christian faith. Join Park Church for Worship on Sunday mornings in downtown Grand Rapids at 10.30 a.m. and for adult study throughout the year as announced. Blessings to you, and we hope you'll join us again soon.